0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to the CAF America Radio Network, a production of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. As the leader in global giving, CAF America offers more than 20 years of experience and expertise to corporations, foundations, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management programs and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact. This show is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. CAF America is uniquely positioned to serve as the bridge between these important partners and transforms vision into meaningful action. Guests on the CAF America radio network are leaders in their field who share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 914-338-0855. After the show, you can find all of our podcasts at calfamerica.org. Don't forget to dial 914-338-0855. Now, welcome the host of the Calf America Radio Network, Ted Hart.
1: And welcome here to the latest edition of the CAF America Radio Network. Thank you for joining us today. It's a very important topic that we covered today, and we have a very important person with us to help us talk about Asia Pacific advisory services and Asia Pacific grant making. Today on the CAF America Radio Network, we have Elizabeth Sabani uh... elizabeth currently serves as asia pacific advisor network coordinator here at calf america uh... she is also partner and managing director of lotus consulting she brings fifteen plus years in management consulting in australia north america and china She worked for a top-tier strategy consulting firm, Bain & Company, and was also the vice president of strategy for ACE, a global insurance company. Elizabeth has worked extensively with nonprofits and companies to help them with various strategy and change management projects. Uh, That is why we we have tapped her here at CAF America, because she is so experienced. And she's also very loyal, because uh, welcome here, Elizabeth. I understand that you're coming to us live from Beijing, China. China, where it is 10.30 p.m. in the evening. Is that right?
2: That is correct, Ted. It's a pleasure to be here, though.
1: Well, Elizabeth, thank you for uh, for uh, calling in here to the show to give us an opportunity to explore this very important topic. Let, let's start off with the topic itself, and why is an Asia-Pacific advisory network uh, important to an organization like CAF America? What does it do, and is there much of a market?
2: Sure. I think uh, giving in Asia is something that is increasing very rapidly, especially in China. You think about a fifth of the world's population being here and philanthropy being a very new concept and the amount of wealth that you see here in China. There's been an absolute surge in philanthropy and giving here because people realize with the economic wealth that we've had, well, at the same time, we still have quite large social issues that need to be addressed, and we can't just rely on the government in any country to address those. We still, as individuals or companies, also have a part to play.
1: So, in in creating or uh, working with Flanspice uh, in uh, China, from the CAF America perspective, there's a great deal of interest uh... in donors throughout North America in supporting various causes throughout the Asia Pacific region. You're currently in Beijing, China, as we mentioned earlier, but you are the coordinator of an advisory network for CAF America. Where do we have advisors and how does this all work for corporations, foundations and individuals who want to give to charities in the Asia-Pacific region?
2: Uh, Right. So I'm the the hub or the coordinator here for CAF America, and then there are some advisors throughout Asia as well, whether it's in Singapore or other countries. And through this hub and through this network and even our experience at Lotus Consulting here, we often understand about various nonprofits in those countries and especially in China. So we can do the due diligence, understand those organizations, and really provide some um, advice or insight to those prospective donors.
1: Of course, CAF America has been granting into the Asia-Pacific region uh, for uh, more than 20 years. Uh, it's a great deal of experience here, but having advisors on the ground, having advisors in uh, our network that can assist with language and culture, uh, mentioned uh, to uh, possibly visit the, the charities if needed, uh possibly even uh provide for opportunities for donors to visit charities uh within country why do those kinds of services matter and why can't they be done remotely
2: sure well i think it's pretty clear and simple you can be a donor in north america and go on a website for a nonprofit you know in in korea in japan in china and get a certain level of information but that really does not provide the type of information to ensure that it meets your standards. That's just what's on the surface. So by doing site visits, by talking to the management team, by understanding who's on their boards, by seeing their programs firsthand, that's where you're really able to assess and see if the organization really meets those standards and those requirements.
1: So you and the other advisors really bring that expertise that aids in our overall vetting process to Um, cover what we call the the three R's uh, here at CAF America. So uh, certainly uh, regulation from the IRS perspective, CAF America is an expert in that area. Um, But then when it comes to risk, um, let's talk a little bit about why CAF America is so important to donors uh, in taking on that risk. What kind of risks could there be in granting in the Asia-Pacific region?
2: Absolutely. I think... uh First-hand experience here in China uh, through a very established nonprofit like the Red Cross, where there was fraud, and there, there has really tampered the trust of nonprofits throughout the entire country because you had such a well-known nonprofit like that experience such an awful um, situation through you know just a couple of its employees. So I think the the risks are are huge in terms of accountability, um, fraud with uh, money, or even misreporting program impact and the size and scale of one's programs. And I think where this is a relatively new industry in some of the Asian countries, there isn't the expertise and the experience. For the nonprofit staff, so this is where those standards and really doing site visits and understanding what the nonprofit's delivering are so important.
1: And that brings us to the the third R, uh, which is reputation. Uh, protecting the donor's reputation um, when there is fraud, obviously that is disturbing to have money misappropriated. But how can that reflect back on the donor?
2: Um, it's it's clear and simple. It it's going to reflect negatively because the donor didn't necessarily do their due diligence well enough to really understand that that nonprofit. So again, another reason why this uh, this process of having someone on the ground to really vet the nonprofit is is so important.
1: And that's where uh, an organization uh, like CAF America um, with the backup services of uh, you as our Asia-Pacific Advisory Network coordinator and all the other advisors become so important to the overall success that donors can have when they work with CAF America. Now I'm curious you're you're right there in China, you're right in the the sort of the heart of it. You serve as our our coordinator throughout the Asia Pacific region. What trends are you seeing witnessing um in the Asia Pacific region in terms of grants coming into the region? Um what what are you seeing? Is this a, a growing uh area or an area of of concern?
2: Growing without doubt, and going to continue to grow. I think the the grants are not only coming in from North America into this region now, they're from Europe, and we're even seeing within Asia more and more grants, or within the home country, a culture of philanthropy and more companies wanting to give as well. So it's being spurred by overseas grants, and it's then creating a culture within the country itself.
1: So really having people on the ground like CAF America does, having the ability to be able to reach into uh, these countries and to understand uh, cultural differences, language differences, that really becomes sort of the the heart of of the overall success that you can have in working with uh, with CAF America. Uh, CAF America, of course, is a market leader in providing donor-advised products and advisory services uh, for multinational corporations in the Asia-Pacific region. Uh, We're constantly providing uh, real-time updates to our donors on new giving strategies they can employ for maximum impact. And I'm wondering from your perspective, what advice do you have for corporations, foundations, uh, individuals who are maybe new or thinking about giving in the Asia-Pacific region, looking to work with CAF America, what advantages do they receive?
2: Great question. So with multinationals, they usually do have a global philanthropic strategy, so at least they have their kind of focus areas of where they want to give. I think they then sometimes are are looking for more established nonprofits in the countries, Uh, But at the same time, they want to have that grassroots impact. So, for example, some of the larger nonprofits here in China actually are government-operated nonprofits. So they're not looking to go through those. They want private or um, individual nonprofits. But we don't always have the scale if they're relatively new nonprofits. So I think finding that match for a nonprofit where it fits with their strategic focus areas but also where they can get the reach, where it's in the geographic areas where they're located within that country and it's a nonprofit that's a little more established than a grassroots organization but may not have all the controls of a government-operated nonprofit.
1: All right, And that re- really becomes a, an issue that you and other advisors can assist with in sorting all of that out.
2: Yes, <laughs> it sounds much simpler than it really is in reality, though. <laughs>
1: it, it is, and 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 it, and it is scary for for donors to um, think about sending their money so far away. But because they're philanthropic, or because there's business interests that they want to be able to support local communities, they want to be able to help strengthen uh, the the local area where they're doing business. It takes a lot to make all of that work successfully uh, and, as I said before, make sure that we're staying true to the three R's of regulation, uh, risk management, and protecting your reputation.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think there's an additional aspect with multinationals where they're sometimes looking for some tie to their business as well. Uh, and looking for, you know, there to be a synergy. It doesn't have to be shared value to that extent, but at least some synergy with their business that they're in. And so let's finding talk about a
1: non Let's talk about the mm-hmm. synergy part, then we're going to take a brief break, and then when we come back, since you've put it on the table, when we come back after the break, I want to get into shared value uh, and how that might work in the Asia-Pacific region. But let's start off with sort of synergy uh, that, that you've mentioned between corporations and their philanthropic interests.
2: Sure. For example, if it's a a healthcare company, uh, they're not probably going to, you know, have a natural focus area that's going to be on um, pollution per se. Uh, They might have a more natural focus that's on aging or on specific diseases that they are covering with their products. Um, other organizations that may be a more natural interest like an accounting firm to actually focus on education because they're educating some of their clients um, about or doing audits for them and they want to also look at education in the school system. It's a more natural fit with, with their employees and then they offer training courses on financial management to students at the school so they can engage their employees sometimes more easily if there is that synergy.
1: So, so sometimes the engagement is not just about the grant making, but it's also about the advisory work that CAF America can do um, uh, with our advisors helping us understanding again on the ground local culture what works where are the partners, all of that coming together helps for a more successful uh, granting process. Is that correct?
2: Correct. It's not just about giving the money away. To have a really effective um, philanthropic program, there's more to it than that, and we can help from that cultural context or employee engagement context as well through CAF America.
1: That's terrific. We are live uh, here on the CAF America Radio Network with Elizabeth Sabani, uh, who serves as the Asia-Pacific Advisor Network Coordinator for CAF America, and we'll be right back after this brief break
0: remember our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at calfamerica.org. If you're listening today, our phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 914-338-0855. Now, back to the CAF America Radio Network and our host, Ted Hart.
1: This is Ted Hart, and we're live back here on the Calf America Radio Network. Elizabeth Sabani uh, brought up a topic that I wanted to explore a little bit more just before the break. Uh, You brought up this concept of shared value initiative. Now, you and I are are both um, certified uh, as shared value uh, initiative uh, consultants. Um, You are a member and a contributor to the shared value initiative. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and why that has relevance in the Asia Pacific region that you coordinate.
2: Mm-hmm. So again, ten years ago, philanthropy didn't exist here in China, and probably you know twenty years ago, it didn't really exist too much in the Asia Pacific region. So being relatively new, um, companies are haven't had the length of experience to go through charitable giving to kind of more CSR or more all-encompassing strategies. So instead, they're coming on board later, and they're looking for more return in the game. Shared value prevents, presents an opportunity for them to really achieve business results through a shared value initiative, while at the same time generating social impact at scale. So it it's quite an interesting philosophy that you and I both know about, where think it's very attractive to some companies in Asia who are kind of late on the bandwagon here.
1: And it, it is advisory intensive uh, in pulling together a network that can help the corporation, the community, uh, the charities that may be part of that shared value initiative all learn how to work together, uh, whether it's shared value or it's philanthropy, it's community building, any of those becomes even more intensive on the advisory side uh to have any chance of being impactful
2: correct and that's another trend we're seeing here it's not just i think the the readiness to do more shared value initiatives in china which do involve Companies may be spearheading it, but partnerships with nonprofits or with government as well to do that. But a second trend, which we are seeing, and actually I just um, spoke at a conference about yesterday, collective impact. So really to be very effective, and this is where advisory services are needed as well, for donors and nonprofits to think about not isolated impact, what they can do, to address this social issue, but these are complex social issues. We need to pull the relevant stakeholders in and really create a program for change where you've got shared measurement and you've got shared vision of what can happen in the future.
1: And, and it's that shared approach that I'm, I'm imagining uh, has a lot of relevance to the Asian communities uh, throughout the Asia-Pacific region that you help represent for CAF America. hmm
2: most definitely you can't again from sitting in the states or sitting in europe how do you even understand the multiple organizations that are addressing an issue like that and how what could come out of a convening where they come together and think of um a, a shared vision or a shared measurement plan to address that particular social issue
1: you wrote um, a, a blog. You wrote an article that's available at caffamerica.org. Uh, while I don't want to necessarily just focus on China, uh, your article, "The Changing Landscape of non- uh, NGOs, Non-Governmental Organizations in China," is so powerful, and I think it really helps um, create a very clear vision of some of the top trends. Um, that you're seeing both in China, and I'm and I'm guessing you can let us know if you feel that those are relevant throughout the Asia Pacific region that that you represent for us. Can you um, share with our our listeners, who of course can go to calfamerica.org to read your article, what are the key takeaways or the top trends that um, that that you have in that article?
2: Sure. The first one is this increasing need for nonprofit accountability and transparency, which I think is. Across Asia Pacific, it's clear that this will never go away. This is fundamental for donors, as you mentioned with your three Rs, and it's until we really have nonprofits that have these standards or have some seal of approval. This is always going to be very important. The second one is capacity building. You know, because in in the Asia Pacific region, it is. Um, relatively new, the whole world of philanthropy, being able to provide expertise and capacity building for the nonprofits or for the donors is really needed. Um, Another trend that I mentioned in there is governance, the realization and need for a proper functioning governing board. You know, without a board, you've got a nonprofit. They may have great staff, but without that board how are they accountable who is that providing that oversight those governance those controls to really ensure that they're achieving their mission which is their their focus
1: and this is part of the vetting process that CAF America um makes sure that charities that uh, we grant to on behalf of our advising uh donors have these kinds of assurances because i think it's it's far too easy to be here in North America and to sort of assume that these concepts of boards of directors and accountability, transparency, uh, and responsibility um, are universal, but they're not, are they?
2: No, they're not. And we're learning, but we still need to uh, take some of those best practices from overseas and also those lessons learned about what hasn't worked and then start to, to make jumps forward instead of just small steps forward here in the Asia-Pacific region?
1: I think it's one of the values that donors working with CAF America uh, can bring to the region uh, is by uh, through working with CAF America uh, to support charities that meet our 100-point process that are um, vetted successfully by CAF America, because in supporting those kinds of charities, they become stronger, and they become standard bearers uh for good practices in their country and in the region. Um talk to me a little bit about that notion of of North American uh donors being able to be part of the long-term solution not just for the financial needs of a particular charity but helping to create a philanthropic community.
2: Mhm. This is very important. The capacity building of NGOs is not just uh, through money or even possible really through money. It's through longer-term partnerships. So for donors to get more involved in raising up the capacity of these NGOs by sharing some of their expertise, their learnings, by connecting them with other grantees that they may have in other parts of the world so that they can actually talk to them and learn from them as well.
1: I think that capacity building is is a topic I'd like to explore just a little bit more because it's sort of a hidden benefit of working with an organization like Calf America because if you're looking at such a large region, even if you're focused in on one country, say, you know, Korea or Japan or the Philippines or Malaysia, um, there is a lot of learning that's going on throughout the the region. Um, And in learning, that is often strengthened by those who are um, early to the market and providing the philanthropic support to those kinds of
0: charities.
2: Mhm. And that learning mode is something that's important for both the the donor and the nonprofit. And if everyone has that learning mode, then obviously we can share what is working, what isn't and and cycle information back between different grantees too. I think that's the only way that we can really do self-assessment and realize, okay, this program wasn't as accessible as we had thought. Why wasn't it? And talking with your, your donor as well so that they can bring their intellectual capital to the table.
1: What are some of the most common questions that you get from perhaps a cultural or language barrier um, topic uh, from the charities themselves, as money is coming into uh the region as money is coming into the organization um what questions do you get in terms of their interest to understand the overall um community that they're part of?
2: Hmm. great question I think there even though it's a globalized world, it still feels like a disconnect over here with with North America in particular, and there's such iconic donors there who have done so much, and they feel like they are worlds apart from those donors. So being able to to share, whether it's uh, journal articles, uh, articles that you may have on your website or blogs, and just for your donors to be able to, to share that look, that feel, and their lessons learned with some of the nonprofits here, and then also to listen to the nonprofits here. Uh, throughout the Asia-Pacific region to some of their concerns so that they can uh, figure out where there's some parallel lessons learned or connections they can make. So that listening and that giving from both points of view.
1: And that's part of the value of of working with uh, CAF America that has so painstakingly put together a network uh, that you help manage uh, from Beijing, China, for us throughout the region. Uh, is that donors who may be thinking of their gift as a, a one-off gift or they may be uh, making a series of gifts throughout the the region, by connecting with, with CAF America and thereby connecting with our, our Asia-Pacific advisors, they're able to tap into that larger uh, um, library of knowledge.
2: Yes, because even within Asia here, between the advisors, you know, sharing what's working in the Philippines versus Japan versus Korea and the trends that you see, we can share within a region instead of just looking at kind of the iconic North America for best practices. We can learn together throughout the region here, so that is very important throughout the advisor network.
1: It's always amazing to me how quickly time flies here on this show. This topic is so intensely interesting. I want to wrap up uh, in the final three minutes that we have here on the show. Um, Cap America is, is a go-to research um, uh, arm for many wealth advisors. Uh, we serve as sort of a home office or a back office for advisors looking to support their high net worth and ultra-high net worth donors. Um, This is becoming even more important in the Asia Pacific region as the interests of donors continue to grow. Um, What would you say about this emerging sector if you were um, sitting in front of an ultra-high net worth donor thinking of giving somewhere in the Asia Pacific region?
2: Mm -hmm. I think that it's a, a wonderful place to be able to realize real change. There's such a need in so many of the countries here and not too much has been done. So if you look at the 80-20 rule, you're going to have some real impact here in Asia. I think also organizations are really developing here, nonprofits are, and there are some great organizations that have been able to scale and can have tremendous impact but still need more financial support.
1: So the part of the, the message I think we want to get out is uh, this is possible. Um, you can do it well and you can do it right, Uh, Working with the right advisors and working with the right network uh, can help you uh, be more strategic, help you be more philanthropic, rest at ease that your reputation is being protected, uh, and that the grant-making process is going well. And that's the bottom line reason why you work with us, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough for helping us here at CAF America, for helping us build such a strong Asia-Pacific advisor network throughout the Asia-Pacific region. We stand ready to help corporations, foundations, and individuals and their families who want to support good causes throughout the Asia-Pacific region. We really couldn't do it without you and the other advisors. So, again, thank you for being our guest here on the CAF America radio network and helping us sort through all the various issues Uh, That are important for donors to think about as they're in this region. Um, Any last uh, comments for our donors who are listening to this and just sort of dipping their toe into understanding Asia Pacific?
2: I think really three last thoughts. One, there are many opportunities here. Uh, Two, Uh, Don't be deterred by a few uh, accountability or transparency scandals that may have happened. And three, advisors are critical to get it right.
1: You're absolutely right. Great wrap-up. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next time here on the CAF America Radio Network.
0: You've been listening to the CAF America Radio Network. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our production schedule. Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at capamerica.org. Thanks for listening to the Cap America Radio Network.